get readjusted after a week off. Yeah, man. Well, boop, boop, I thought Kyle did an admirable job of not only filling in for you guys, but uh, being quite entertaining boop, boop, and uh, insightful. Yeah, it was good. I listened on the way home yesterday. He is. Uh, he's very excited to hear the uh, hear y'all's responses to the craziness I've come up with for you tonight. Oh, so so you've you've, you've uh, vetted this already? <laughs> no, I I texted him tonight or earlier, and I and I basically told him the premise and asked him if he wanted to be surprised or if he wanted to hear it. And so then I I uh, gave him the the twenty things and the list of the five bonus if y'all wanted to do them. And he was like very he's very excited to say the least. And we know and I mean if I, I would imagine if we put him on the show he he would have fun answering it, but we all know he wouldn't be nervous. So. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin stays in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, July the 5th. We are back in our normal our normal bat channel, our normal bat time, at least for this week. Uh, next week is going to be a little bit different, but we'll get to that when we get to it. The fellers are back. We're, we've got something fun planned for you um, for one of our... Um, <laughs> Our off-season tangents or whatever you want to call it. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, in Fishersville, board moderator du jour himself, David Spencer's on the show. How's it going, my friend? Going well. Still managed to moderate the board while on vacation. Um, yeah, the performance can be graded later. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. <laughs> on, on, an, on an episode where we're actually going to grade things, that's a, that's a really <laughs> nice intro there, Dave. Um, also on this here program, in Charlottesville, editor-in-chief Justin Ferber's also on the program how's it going my dude it's good to be back in the states uh doesn't look like i missed too much there was a basketball commitment that was nice um always good to see those come in at one in the morning or whatever time it was <laughs> um at justin underscore ferber on twitter not on threads not on threads apparently Cavs corner is on twitter at Cavs underscore corner great place for the in-game updates the content items and the occasional we banter Cavs corner is now also on blue sky Cavs corner is also on mastodon Cat's Corner is on threads. Um, basically, at this point, I, I'm not on post. And I keep getting these people who are like, hey, get on post. And I'm like, guys, how many networks can can do I need to be on? And I was yeah, just I feel thinking, like it's I feel like people are just like putting chips on different numbers for roulette. Just to see like what one happens. of these one of these will be a thing. Exactly. You know what I'm doing? It very I much am, feels like um, you know, uh, crypto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So not, for the record, it's not crypto. Yeah. You're um, on the Dogecoin. There's no there's no money. I'm not putting any money into these things. Um no, you know Let's what just it is. Everyone our I, am, <laughs> I am reserving my corner. That's what I'm doing. I'm basically over there reserving my corner in case this thing takes off and then I'm already there. Um but anyway, I I, I don't think I can't imagine I'm gonna try to take I mean, unless Twitter just completely collapses. I can't imagine I'm going to take in-game updates and such to other platforms until there's people there. So for now, it'll be content items, and we'll see uh, what happens. 
Speaking of content and things to discuss, as the intro implied, we have something fun for you. Um, I think that we can say safely that our um, our draft that we did, our our kind of coopetition kind of thing we did uh, several weeks back, was a raging success. Um, if nothing, if for no other reason, then it got plenty of people to yell at us about why we were right and or wrong. So we're going to do something similar tonight, but different. So I don't know if you guys are, um, I guess I don't, I mean, at this point I've kind of explained this to Dave and Ferber, but for the listeners out there, I'm not sure if you're familiar with tiered list, but the idea is that we're going to collectively essentially give a grade to various UVA related things. We've got, uh, five, four different categories. Um, they are coaches, they are places, they are players and they are plays. We have a bonus round if we choose to get there, depending on how long this takes. Um, we're going to do five from each one and we're going to try to put them on a tiered list. Now the tiered list grades are, as you might think, A, B, C, D, and F. Uh, we have at least one thing in here. I'm absolutely sure we'll get an F. Uh, I did it for just for funsies and I was not, um, I did not do that often, but I did it at least once to make sure we have something on the bottom. Then there above A though there's that rarefied air we're gonna call that the S tier for I don't know super or you know whatever and the idea is is that that is just like the best of the best the absolute best um, there should not if we do this correctly there should not be much in that tier so despite how much we may love some of these things not everything's gonna be S tier and everybody's just gonna have to be okay with it some of it's gonna be A's and B's and that's fine uh, I know a lot of um, overachievers out there it'll be fine. All right, you guys ready to do this? We are blind to the list. I was getting ready the, to say I should, I should, okay. I should tell the listeners. So Dave and Ferber chose to be surprised by the topics I've chosen or the things that we're gonna we're gonna rank. We're gonna start with coaches. Our first coach to, and we'll, we'll have some discussion about these to on the board is going to be none other than the the little redheaded um, Irishman himself, Pete Gillen. Um, where would we have him on the tiered list from S to F? I mean, he, he's, he's above a F or a D. I don't think he quite makes it to B status. Um, uh, it depends on how but, cynical you think Brad is with his list making. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true too. You know, I mean, he uh, had some positives. Like, maybe Virginia was kind of in a rut, and he he got the excitement back with recruiting and all that stuff. And he was a true. fun guy to listen to. On the um, on the other side, there was the and one situation. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> that he made that call, but he certainly <laughs> didn't say no. He certainly um, didn't say no. He wasn't picking the hats, is what we're saying. Um, yeah. I I think I would have him in the C tier. I think I think yeah. C is fair to me at yeah. least. That's probably right. One tournament appearance, I believe. Ooh, yeah, that's that's a that's a rough look. And I mean, he did like like Dave said. I think he did a good job of talent acquisition. Um, yeah. And Dave Lato got to come in and kind of coast off of his team, you know, in the second year, um, getting them to the tournament. But yeah, I mean, assuming you have some heavy hitters on the list, I would have to probably put him in like the C level. Dave, so you mean there's no C? timeout tier? He's in the C tier. <laughs> yeah. He burned them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to start off with Pete Gillen is going to be our first uh, grade on the board. He's going to be a C. Now we're going to move The amount of time to... I saw him in a bar compared to other coaches, he would be in the S tier, though. Wow. Just, just, <laughs> just, just letting it loose. 
Um, all right, our next coach on the list is uh, George Welsh. Um, I, I'm really curious to see um, the discrepancy between the two of you on this. Um, who wants to go first? I'll uh, go Barbara. first. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to put him in the A tier. Okay. Because I'm just assuming that there's a certain basketball coach that's on this list somewhere. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like you could certainly make a case that he's the best. Um, certainly one of the best coaches ever at UVA. I mean, football is a lot harder to win. You, you can't just like, um, not not to diminish anyone's national titles in other sports, but like football is just different. You know, it's harder to do. UVA wasn't an established brand. You right. know, sort of had to start the whole thing over. And some of what George Welsh accomplished in his time would be considered like, you know, BCS bowls or power or, you know, what are they called now? New Year's six bowls, or, you know, they would have even been in a playoff contention, you know, a few times. And obviously you talk about talent acquisition and getting buzz going. I mean, he completely revitalized the program and right. Um, did so many good things, but yeah, yeah, I'd have to probably put him. I mean, you can put him at S if you want to. Um, I don't think he can go to S simply because the, while he was super, it's like seriously consistent for a number of years that consistency did not necessarily translate one to a sort of changing of the whole program for the future. Yeah. It didn't stick a whole lot of, you know, hardware. And I mean, whether we like to admit it or not, like that sort of rarefied air to me has to come with one, if not both of those. So I I think a tier is fair, Dave, I'm going to guess that you were, you were probably (laughs) shooting toward a anyway. Um, I mean, he's a hundred percent an A. Uh, The question is whether, whether he's an S and I think in many ways, it's just the fact that you've got Tony sitting there um, <laughs> that makes it difficult because look, but Tony Bennett did at UVA is amazing. And what he continues to do is, but what George Welsh did is probably a bigger deal. Um, it's a lot easier to put together a basketball team than it is to put together a football team. There's a lot more, you know, a lot more dudes you have to get in through, you know, academically and keep them here. And George did at a program that had no tradition, like, lack of tradition there's negative not, there's tradition not an equivalent power five program right now like people joke about vanderbilt we would have dreamed to be vanderbilt when when george Walsh got here um and he did make virginia very consistent and great he didn't you know they never won a national title you know they had the one acc co-champs by some silly rule even though they beat the other co-champ they got they two, were right? so good 90 uh yeah i think they had like 89 and 95 yeah or you're 90 right and 95 or something yeah. yeah something like that yeah there's two yeah you're right i just so remember got... seeing it in the in the stadium it's like on a banner yeah but i mean the the work he did when he got here is just it's you know it's hard to replicate um i don't know that it can be done without cheating now <laughs> you know um and they were just so good for so long it, you know it's a it's regrettable the way it ended with people kind of getting bored with being good at football and not being great. Um, and obviously George wasn't that young, but I don't think, I don't think the ending of that was as good as it should have been, but yeah, he's as close to the S tiers you can get without being there. And if Tony Bennett wasn't our coach, he probably would be. Wasn't I, one of our coaches. I don't necessarily disagree, but for, for the sake of the conversation and the argument, I am going to push back a little bit on two things. One, I don't, I understand what you mean when you say it's it's a lot harder to win in football than it is to win in basketball. I think that the 
the difference to me is that Tony won an actual championship, and he didn't just win just a championship. He's won multiple ACC championships. He's won multiple uh, ACC tournament championships, and he had quite honestly the hardest. I mean, well, you know, spoiler alert: Tony Bennett's on this list. Um, I think if we're going to try to compare apples to apples for the football side, I don't think George, even as much as he did, and you're exactly right about how sort of low the low was. I don't know if we can make that comparison and say that like he was that because in order for, I think on the football side, even though I do admit that it is hard, what George did, even with the consistency he had, I still don't think translates to the success that Tony's had on the other side. So I don't think George, un, you know, with apologies to anybody who, who, you know, would vehemently disagree with me here. I just don't think he's S tier. I think he's a solid a, I think he, he did something at a, at a program that had no, um, had no background in it, but even Tony Bennett came in from the West Coast, picked up the pieces, and was able to do something on the basketball side that you know Virginia basketball had kind of already done, but they just did it at a much higher level with more consistency. I also think that my second thing to push back is like I understand football is harder. I'm not trying to make the argument that like it's it's easier to to win a national championship in football than it is basketball, just because of the number of players and that kind of stuff, but. I don't think it's harder to go to win to 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 win the kind of games that George was winning, and and we also understand that you know they play more games now. But seven wins, even then, I don't think is comparable to being in the in the conversation for an elite eight every year. I just don't I just don't think that's the same thing. And so I think I think winning a national championship in basketball is extremely hard, and I. I'm not saying that George did not deserve his flowers. He absolutely does. But I just, I don't think, I don't think he's, I don't think he's seriously in the conversation for an S tier. I think he's a solid A, but there's too much and on his resume. There's just too much, um, especially considering the fact that when people got bored, there was no clear heir apparent and everything had to change, right? I think that if you're really building a thing and it's good for the longevity, there's some, some, some guardrails in place. And the fact that the thing got off, once he left and it got to be where it went and all that fun stuff. We know that there was a lot that's, that's in there, but I just, I just don't think it's a nest here. So not, not to debate for 30 minutes on Welsh, but um, the counterpoint to that counterpoint, Brad would be Terry Holland basically did what Tony did, but just didn't win the final game or two. Right. Um, and he did it twice. Exactly. So it is easier to do that at UVA. And he, you know, and Terry had, and, 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 and his roster had Rousey. one of, the greatest players in the but but do you see what I'm saying? Like even then, even then, Terry couldn't sustain it the way Tony has sustained it. So even when he had the consensus national player of the year on his roster for several seasons, he couldn't do what Tony Bennett has done. So you think you're making one point, but I think you just made mine for me. I mean, he was first in the ACC three times, but yeah, my, but that's <laughs> it was a good point. coach. They were both. I'm not, no, no, and, like and he's ne- and a matter of fact, Terry is next on this list for yeah. that exact reason. Uh, I'm just saying that, like, I'm not, again, I'm not disagreeing with a lot of what you're saying. I'm just saying that, like, mm-hmm. if we're gonna if we're gonna try to make the apples to apples comparisons, I just think that if you if maybe if George had won like two more ACC championships or they had ever, you know, I, I know they were number one, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not trying to minimize that. I know how big and important that all is. I'm just saying that, like, trying to translate it to 
what Tony on yeah. the basketball side has done is really tough. Now, speaking that of Terry like Holland. I just like keeping it up for George. <laughs> <So that's, laughs> you know, George Walsh, just fun. He went 16 and 8 his last three years in the ACC and kind of got run out of town. So Also, like, I mean, you George. could make a case, I think, I don't know. It's hard to say, but you can make a case that, you know, Welsh is competing in a smaller league, but a better league. Yeah, like, yeah fair. And then also you could say the same thing about Terry Holland, right? Yeah, I mean, like, exactly. The 100%. ACC was more like top to bottom good. A single bed league for a, a good part of his time yeah. here. So well, much different. I would love to know if, if maybe somebody can help me on this, but what was Florida State's record during those years? Those last, you know, whatever. When Welsh was there? Yeah. I think they finished top uh, five like 10 years yeah, in they, a row or something. The, the, That's the, the win column was high and the loss column was not <laughs> was high. very low. Again, I'm not trying to say that because George wasn't Florida State. And I, I, I don't – I mean, A is a hell of a grade. And I think by the end of this thing, we're not going to have yeah. a whole lot of A's on the board. Yeah. I think maybe Terry Holland is an A. Uh, what do we got? What do we think about Terry Holland? He'll be our third coach up for discussion here. Yeah, he's a solid A. Yeah, I think okay. I think so. We can we can put multiple coaches in the same. Oh team. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no. This is not. No, no. We can if all of the coaches. I mean, if the if y'all want to put the next one on on an A level, I'm gonna have some some pushback. But um, you know, yeah, I think Holland's have, an A. Welsh is an A. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I and I'm not trying yeah. to, to scuttle discussion here, but if it's if it's a consensus, I don't. You know, I, I just think that Terry, what Terry built. What Terry did, and certainly who Terry was, matters. And I think when you judge it in the totality, I think anything less than an A for Terry is 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 wrong. Yeah, I think um, Terry's an easy A. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk. Not to about mention, something. he was the athletic director too. Out exactly. Yeah. yeah, the totality of everything. You know, again, these are not just we're not we're not going on just like their coaching records and all that fun stuff. Let's go ahead and talk about Tony Bennett, and let's just go ahead and make him our first S tier. Um, of the night and maybe our only we'll see we'll see um i still can't fathom that a lot of what has happened during his this era of virginia basketball has, has happened we just talked a minute ago dave mentioned you know folks got bored with with george toward the end there are some fa- elements of the fan base now that are somewhat bored you know and to think about the way that tony has had to navigate the things he has and to do it the way he's done it I, I know for some people out there, they would like to see more Final Four appearances. Hey, so would I. <laughs> but I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's an S tier. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no doubt. Not only is he won, he's done it with a class. And when he lost, exactly. he helped yeah. like keep the fan base from unraveling by handling with, you know, you know arguably the, the classiest losing moment in NCAA history. So, yeah. I mean, he has a chance yeah, to he has the chance to, if he like, let's say, I don't know that he'll do this, but let's say he stays at UVA 20 more years, which is not unrealistic considering, you know, yeah, agent, yeah. the Izzo's and the Bayheims of the world, how old they went. Um, I mean, the dude could have, he could end up like, I don't know. I'm not looking at the record books, but what, like third most wins or something crazy like that in college basketball history. Um, just kind of spitballing. If they continue to have the same level of success, I mean, he would be one of the best coaches that ever coached college basketball if that happened. Um, you know, you, I just, I hope for him that he doesn't become like, and obviously personality-wise he won't, but <laughs> I hope he doesn't become like a Bayheim where it's like, oh, he had the one, but it kind of right. like that was it, you know? Yeah. Um, That's fair. It would just be good for him to get a second one. And not to say that like there aren't coaches with one that are revered like Izzo. 
Um, but you know, a second one would kind of cement the legacy, I think, and doing it with a completely different teams. Um, you know, like I think Billy Donovan has two, but it was like, he basically just did it with the same team twice. Um, not to take away from that, but I think, it would, you know, winning with two different teams is, it, it's hard to do. Um, and not very many people have done it. All right. Anything else on Tony before we move on to the, our final I coach? Think, I think I'll sign up for 20 more years of that though. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, I think we've talked a lot about Tony on this podcast. Um, all right. Our last coach in the group. And I'm really curious to see where this goes. Let's talk about Algro. Where, where, where do you have Algro? So it goes all the way to F. Goes all Nothing, the way. To I'm F. not gonna. I'm not gonna put it in there. But hmm, Pete Gillen's a C. Yeah. I, if there's I a B minus tier, I'd probably put him there. But I think C is. Yeah, I think he's the right a C. answer. I think he's right, a talk C. Talk to me about why. I, all right. So here's my take. I think he's he had a better career at UVA than Pete Gillen did. Um, I think. But also, like, Pete maybe didn't have his low of lows. Um, I think Al kind of, like, I, I and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but sort of rode the coattails of the Welsh era, like, came in where there was still, like, quite a bit of um, interest in the fan base, people coming to games. He got in at the right time with the stadium expansion, um, was able to capitalize and recruited really well. I think one of the things that he did really well was find good assistance. Um, he didn't always get that right. I mean, at the end, I think his offensive coordinator hire was one of the things that kind of undid his time here. Um, but you know, he, he did develop some guys and put a lot of guys in the pros, um, sort of shepherded UVA football into a different era of, of football in the ACC where, you know, expansion happened and, you know, there was just a lot of different things happening that kind of contributed to where UVA ended up, um, I think a lot of what happened at the end of it was, you know, his own sort of doing in a way like or lack thereof in recruiting and just kind of like let things get a little stale. Um, and, you know, that's what happens. And, and but he still won a decent amount of games, got UVA in a lot of bowl games. Um, it felt like maybe for a little while there that the ceiling might have been a little higher under him than it had been under Welsh since the mid nineties, but that was sort of quickly realized to be not the case. Um, and I'd also say like, you know, with him, like the record against Virginia tech is a mark against him um, too. So like, I mean, I think you can't put it all on him obviously, but like tech's dominance year after year kind of started on his watch. Um, So, you know, I think that's a factor fair. Um, but ultimately, you know, decent coach, certainly like if you were ranking him among like the recent UVA football coaches, he would be in the top half, I guess, if you were looking at like coaches since Welsh, but you know, I don't know what that means right now. Um, we'll move on to places um, <laughs> here in a moment, but first real quick, I just, I find it really interesting that we did not, I, I thought there might be some initial push to have grow a little lower simply because he took over from Welsh what was at that point a very different program than the way he left it and it has you know a la- it had a lasting effect you know um but i think C is completely fair yeah. all right so I, I didn't say my grow piece i'm a big grow guy right um i think as far as being a football coach he's probably an a that's fair because he 
he did everything right from the football side. Talk to any player that played for him, Chris Long, whoever it is, they still they love that. So, guy. You know, they still spend time with the guy and love him. He just wasn't very good at the other part of football, which or, was it, maybe donor even more, more succinctly said, being Dave, friendly. He wasn't good at being the UVA football coach. Yeah, I mean, I think the things that did him, Ferber mentioned it, but the one you didn't mention was he tried to like turn UVA into an NFL program. He did, changing or, uniform. Or, or just a bigger college program. Yeah. He wanted Dis- it to be yeah. big time football, discouraging ties, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it, it, I think it just in the end when the team started struggling, that kind of was it was an easy had lost in the favor of a lot of fans. Agreed. So. Yeah, and I, I think he was, I think he was a little ahead of the curve on like UVA needed better facilities and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But no, you're going to have, it's hard to get interest in giving money to him when he just, that wasn't his strong suit, you know, like a lot of coaches wouldn't be good at like the fundraising piece or Bronco wasn't either. Um, so, I mean, he's a football coach. I I would have, you know, what would have been interesting and nobody talks about this is like, what would have happened if he just decided to just keep coaching in the NFL? I don't yeah. know that he, I don't know that he would have had like some long career, but he probably would have been like a defensive coordinator for a long time. Um, yeah. He'd probably still be coaching quite frankly, yeah. he, despite his age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just can't like, you can't be a college football coach and like not like recruiting or like, work hard at it and not to say that he wasn't trying but it just didn't seem like something that was like particularly interesting to him well, um, especially in a program like virginia's where you're gonna have to work it you know yeah. like there are pl- definitely places you know sec jobs where you maybe wouldn't necessarily have to do as much of it right the kids would come to you and you would have to just do some talking you know on campus in your office kind of stuff right and there's an infrastructure in place like Correct. they're bringing right. you the players to your right. office like you're right. not doing anything you're not having to um, go out and decide which guys can get coached but up those guys, guys still can. grind like they still like work hard and you know do what they have to do because it's their job but right. like but like there's guys that are like nfl coaches now that are like i just want to coach football i just, just want to coach yeah i just like football and it's like right. that's not what being a college football coach is yeah all right, let's move on to the places. Um, so I think this is the place where it's going to be really hard for us to not have everything up high, and I'm going to ask for us collectively to try our best not to have everything up high. Let's start with Bodo's Bagels. Where do we fall <laughs> on the Bodo's? Because I've actually found this to be a extremely um, divisive question because some folks you talk to believe Bodo's is the greatest thing in the history of Earth, and then some people are just like are kind of, you know, UVA people are just a little sheepish about saying out loud how much they really don't care about it. Um, who wants to who wants to start with Bodo's? <laughs> um, it's no higher than a B for me, but go ahead, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll I was going to say it, I think it's I think it's a B. I think it's a solid product. Um, I think the lack of other good bagels in Charlottesville certainly props it up. Um, and they're not bad. Like I'll go get one. Like I like them, but I've had better. Do people crave bagels every day? I, mean, I don't. I think it's also a convenience <laughs> thing, right? I mean, they have yeah. the location right there on the corner. That place is always packed. Um, you know, remember how quick they opened that one? Yeah, and it's cheap. You know, like it's one of those things. It's not. It's not a bad deal. But um, ultimately, you walk around the street in Manhattan, you're gonna find fifty Bodos places. Like that's the level it's at. So what are we thinking? C, B, C. 
I think it's like a, a B just because I think of, it's a B. It is good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. It's part of the fabric. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean it's and I think people are gonna be like, Oh, you guys are hating on Botos. It's just I'm not. <laughs> it's just like I also don't know what else is coming behind it, and I don't want to yeah, stack a lot of these. Yeah, no, so. I got you. No, this is this is a, this is good. All right. So our next speaking of things coming behind it, let's go with the lawn. All right. Is where does the lawn rank? And again, I I, I want to make sure we don't have but so many things in the S tier. Hmm. Um. Yeah, that's an S, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's I think it's an S. I think it it's it's certainly no lower than an A. Okay. Um, Fair. That's fair. I wasn't going to argue it for it being lower than an A, but I I would have entertained the idea of it being an A as opposed to the S S tier. When I when I worked for the university, I used to just go walk over there sometimes and just walk around. Oh, what like about you? Yeah, out of boredom. Can you imagine if we had not put the lawn on the S tier, the level of like pitchforks and such, people would have like chased us out of town. Uh, did we do something once where we for... were debating the lawn? That's an S, dude. <laughs> it's like... did, did we do something recently where we forgot about the good old song or we the did. lawn yeah. or something? Yeah, we did. And and we, was like, yeah, people we were like, ranking UVA out. things or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like yeah. talking about UVA things. I don't know if we were ranking them per se, where we were just talking about great UVA things. or I don't mm. remember the context, but yes, I remember that very clearly. All right. Uh, our next place is uh, Scott Stadium. Ooh. Oh man! Um, and this this one is I, I, this is the one in this group that I figured would have the most conversation because on the one hand I love Scott Stadium, on the second hand I got lots of problems. Right, I got lots of things I'd love to see different about Scott Stadium, including having you know more people there. But I also understand all of the reasons why that has not been the case. What do we think of Scott Stadium? Where would you grade it? I have a short argument for my answer, so I'll go first. Um, I think it's a C. I think right now it's probably more a D of an F, but I've Fair. got a lot of memories there, and I'd li- I like the fact that it's – I'm hoping when they make it better, it's still not different than what it was other than enhanced. So I'll I'll say it's a C because of what it used to be to me, um, but it, it can't be higher than C right now. It just can't yeah. as much as I hate yeah. to say it. I would say the same thing. I would have I – think- I'm solid C for me. Not that you'd be able to hear me say it if you were in Scott Stadium. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. So, like, if we're looking at it as it is, I'd I'd probably have it as a D. Um, Like, I think there are – I'll start with the positives. I like how it's kind of nestled into the the community there, the grounds. Um, It's nice. Uh, Some good views from different places around the stadium or in the stadium. Um, But everything else – has and it wasn't always bad or anything but like i think a lot of elements of it have just the game has passed it by um like the concourses aren't nice um the seats are not seats you know they're they're bleachers which whatever but there's you know that's not certainly not a market it's a positive category um the sound is not great the the crowds haven't been as good um, a lot of that has to do with the football team, not the stadium itself, but there's just a, I think they need to do some upgrades to it at some point, And it's probably not at the highest priority right now, just because there's only seven games a year where people are in there. Um, and I don't think people are like not coming because of the stadium, but you know, I, I feel like it, I've been to a lot of other stadiums and it's not, I, I wouldn't besides my own personal connection to the place, I wouldn't rank it near the top of those. Yeah, I think if you if you just go, nostalgia is a hell of a drug, right? And yeah, it, and that matters in this, and right? it matters in this, right? And clearly, you know, Scott Stadium has a a, a very important spot for all of us. 
there are times that I, and I'm not necessarily trying to open up this box um, per se for now, but like sometimes I kind of wish they had never expanded it, you know? Like I understand that there needed to be some upgrades, but the expansion, I don't know, man. Like sometimes I think about the way it used to be and oh, I miss it. <laughs> I, I miss it a lot. Okay. Let's, let's just agree. Scott stadium on the, I, I, I'm a C Dave sounded like he was a C Ferber yeah, I'm a C. is probably lower than that, but we're, you know, seems like consistent. We can slot it as a C. That's fine. All right. I'm also going to say that this one is a, speaking of things that are um, sentimental or whatever, um, the Virginian is legitimately my favorite place to go before a game in large, large part because I don't care how small it is. I don't care whatever. I don't care about the food, whatever. It was what we always did uh, before we went to, to games. If I mean, that weren't noon kicks. But basically, my family, we would always go to the Virginian before. Um, my dad loved to go to the bookstore and hit the Virginian. It was like his one-two combo. And if there was one thing on this list, since I got to be the one to pick it, that I was going to like you know, put my thumb on the scale a little bit. It was getting the Virginian in this list. So for me, it, it's a, it's a B to an A and it probably would be, um, better if, if, uh, you know, if I went more often, but, um, it's legitimately one of my favorite parts about the game day experience. So for me, that's where I am on it. What do you guys think? Virginian's I think cool. B is a good answer. I mean, yeah. it never was a huge part of anything I did, but always enjoyed going there. I think of it as part of Charlottesville, just as much as I do Bodo's. Um, so yeah, I think Biza, I wouldn't say Bodo's is better than Virginian. It doesn't have more meaning in Charlottesville to me. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't have any specific tie to the Virginian. I've been in there a bunch of times, you know, I've had some drinks, had some laughs. Um, it's definitely like an iconic thing when you walk on the corner, like, you know, it stands out. It's like one of the first things I think about when I think of the corner. Um, but, you know, like I don't have like a lot of personal connection to the place. Uh, right. I think it's kind of cool that it's small. Me too. Um, it just makes it kind of its own thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll say it's a B. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that have much more meaningful experiences there than me. Um, so, yeah, I would say B. All right. Good. I, that's better than I, I thought. I, I I'll, I'll, default, I'll defer to you guys. I, pre- that I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to fight. have to fight harder for that, so I appreciate it. All right. The last one is, of course, John Paul Jones Arena. Um, I totally would have mm. put University Hall on here if it had still been here. And I started to put McHugh on here simply just for the conversation about like where the, <laughs> we're supposed to rank it. Um, but I think JPJ has to be among – for you know, there's a banner. I mean, there's a national championship banner hanging there, right? Um but I also understand that, you know, it's a lot bigger than just basketball there, right? Um, I mean, I went to – I saw a lot of really talented players in JPJ um, during Top 100 camp over the years before it, it moved. Um, and there's obviously lots of concerts and, you know, things that have happened there. So a lot of people, I think, have, uh, you know, connections to the building, ju- not just basketball, mostly basketball, but not just that. Where would we put JPJ? A. It's got to be A, right? I mean, that's, what, that's yeah. my thought. It's an A. I it's mean, it's a. the nicest on-campus arena I've ever been in, and I've been in a lot of them. Um, it, it is, and it's wild because it's like, it still is really, like, if you if you compare Even it now, it's spaces. even, tw- it's 17 years old now. Yeah. I mean, it's still really, really nice. Um, it's the perfect size. You can sit in the very last row and have a good seat for basketball. Um, it gets loud, for sure. It does, yeah. Um, you know, like, um, you know, like, it, it's a really it, it, you know, especially now that they've kind of upgraded the scoreboards and things like that, 
Um, and you know, as Brad and I can certainly attest, you know, as people who've covered the team, like the media area, all of the stuff underneath the building is, is great. Um, it's really well set up. Uh, I mean, I guess if you have a complaint, it would probably be parking, but like, that's probably an issue with like everywhere at every college campus. Um, so I, it's, it's an A for me. I think it's the perfect home for UVA basketball. And if I was building an arena for like, you know, Clemson or Nebraska or whoever, I would probably look at, at JPJ as like a model for what I would want to do. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, like realistically for me, the thing about JPJ is that it's not just big and loud and stuff, but it's also really nice. And the upgrades I feel like they've made to it over the years have been really solid. Um, I and it doesn't feel like super corporate to me either. It's not like, oh, this place is just like an empty yeah. kind of like doesn't have a soul. Like it has a soul. Um, and I think, you know, it, it feels like home, you know, kind of. Yeah, I agree with that. What yeah, do you I think, think the only thing that keeps it from being an S is the parking because it, yeah. it's a wonderful building. I mean, um, so I think it's a solid A, but what we're talking about with Scott Stadium, I hope, <laughs> you know, hope UVA recognizes that, like make little upgrades all along the way, keep, keep putting money into it because it's not getting younger. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're going to have to, I don't want it to fall into the thing, it. but, yeah. um, I mean, you can still like. I remember the being there for the very first game um, versus my last game in there. Um, like you can tell the building is aged, but they've done a good job of of keeping it up. Um, yeah, that and, jumbo and it helps, in and of itself. Know. I mean, that thing is huge. Yeah, and that that's nice. That's massive. And they've made and a lot of big enough to host to concerts. Really helps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a great building. Yeah. All right. So to recap for our first two groups, and this is going way slower than I thought. So maybe we won't get to those bonus ones. All right, so in the S tier so far, we've got Tony Bennett and the Lawn. In the A tier, we've got George Welsh, Terry Holland, and John Paul Jones Arena. In the B tier, we've got Bodos, we've got the Virginian. In the C tier, we've got Scott Stadium, Al Groh, and Pete Gillen. Um, and those are the only grades we've handed out thus far. All right, here we go to the players. We um, on the curve. And we'll, we'll, see, we'll see where we go. Let's start with uh, Bryce Perkins. Hmm. This is a. tough. All right. <laughs> I'm going to give him an A. I'm in the I AB. He, I think I'm he's an A or a B just because I'm trying to think of who. I mean, it depends on who's coming later. Um, well, see, uh, you know, I, there I will be some guys on the on on the A line. But uh, the, the thing that I watched that man do <laughs> and the way he led that team in 2019. Yeah, he's an A. Yeah, I think 2019 yeah. is a huge deal for for sure. And no he also came, came on. He also Joey came on the me. podcast. So <laughs> Hell yeah, that's true. Like, he that's yeah, true. Oh, put some stuff, I just realized, dude. Of the okay, this is gonna be fun when we get done because there's a bunch of. I didn't. I didn't mean to do this, but actually, of the players, we we've actually had several of them on the yeah. on the show. Um, hey, Chris. Um, I'm 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 good with I'm good with A or B. I I think the the difference for me is, you know, his numbers are so good. What he had in that one season. I think the one thing that holds him back from me from a surefire A tier is simply just a matter of of longevity, right? I wish I had one more season. Even if that season was just him sort of preparing to be who he ultimately was, those you know what I'm saying? Like I just I, I wish I had one more year, a little bit more. Um, but I mean, even off what he the you know, the the time he did have, man, he's right there at A tier. Um, yeah. I think like a two hurt years 18. thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think the two years thing too is like, uh, I, I'm just, and this is not a knock on him at all, but like, 
does what what is his legacy here in 20 years is it like what how people talk about the anthony poindexter type guys or is it more like oh man those were two like really cool years and like you know he was a really solid player but he kind of just gets like um, not forgotten but just kind of lumped in with everybody else um yeah that was i think good. you're right i think you'll kind of be like matt chop who you would have voted a four years after yeah he left, but yeah. he probably fall into the b category now because just time passes but and it's like and, and he did deliver uva at coastal title and a win over tech but an orange bowl visit and, and made play. yeah Almost so i mean I, th- and tech, I think then be yeah, i think home. i think that counts toward for something for sure and he did set a bunch of records yeah um, he did so like i mean i think he was a really really good and he was i think what's underrated and and this is kind of what maybe you know in 20 years we'll have to explain to the next generation is like how fun he was to watch at times um you know, he, he like did could, stuff that you legitimately he didn't, could pull like, some stuff out that were like, oh, like, you know, like yeah. UVA just hasn't had a lot of dynamic players like that lately. Totally, totally agree with that. Like we've had a lot of dynamic dudes, but they were not necessarily at that specific position. Not a, and also not a quarterback. Yeah, correct. I mean, yeah, it was like, yeah. you know, we've had a lot of talented, really like dynamic players, but they weren't necessarily dudes who could like take the ball and, and run 70 yards for a touchdown and just like, and you know, he had so much swag while doing it. He did. Let's man. not discount yeah. the swag. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm good. Poindexter with, with got, having him in the a. Poindexter got extra points for the swag. So should Perkins. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next, uh, we're going to, we're going to put him solidly in the a category. All right. Our next pick is junior burrow. Now, the reason I wanted to have junior on this list is, um, in large part, That's because like, pick. you know, I thought one, it would be a lot of really good conversation. And two, I, I, I still have a soft spot in my heart for him. And after we ranked the players and everything um, not long ago, I wanted to sort of revisit this. I got to be honest. Junior Burrow is one of my favorite players ever. I just I, – I, not, I I not just because like of stats saying, but like the, he was just like the toughest. Like I remember him as just being so dang tough. Like you just could not move the man. Um, and I just loved everything about the way he played the game. Um, and – I don't know. It's going to be, it, this one's going to be interesting. Where do we, where, where, let's see, Dave, let's start with you. Cause you probably have a more immediate uh, reaction to this. What, yeah. where would you put junior? Uh, first of all, I'd be interested. Anyone listening uh, tweeted us. If you'd never watched saw junior burrow plays so, so I can feel as old as I really am. Minus on um, threads. <laughs> yeah. Minus on threads. Whatever. Blue sky it. Uh, I think, yeah, burrow, a guy who's not talked about enough in UVA basketball history. Um, just a, just a beast of a player. You're right, Brad. I think you said it. He's just tough. New York tough, right? And I love when you get the ball on the, you know, kind of post extended and back his guy down, turn around, hit that jump shot over him. He was just so good. Um, I mean, I don't, he's not an A caliber player. Um, I, I think he's a solid B just for how valuable he was to all those teams he was on. Um, I don't, I don't have, I'm trying not to Google. I'm trying to go from memory, but I think he was all AC. See at least one or two seasons, I feel like right? Was, I feel like it was one. he was he was two times third team. Okay, yeah. So and that's about right. Like he he was a huge, bigger than just a role player, um, like you know a plus role player, if you will, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Um, but a key cog for the toughness of that very yeah, good team. Like, they um, they really did sort of a. I don't. Know, it, I can't say if it necessarily was just like his toughness, or if his toughness helped the group, you know, cause some teams are sort of like, it helped that front line. Cause he had, right. Yeah. Know, agree. Well, if it wasn't that big, um, who else am I missing on that front line? Chris Alexander. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think sometimes you have a player who like he, Im, he basically imparts his character and his like 
ethos on the team. And then sometimes you have a guy who's sort of like he impacts the people around him. And those are a little different to me. One is through like force of will and one is through like just who they are, you know, and it's a it's a nuance. But I, I think there's a little different. I think maybe for junior, it was like a little bit of the latter. I am, yeah, he's I am good very with similar to Harold Dean, right? Like yes, he's, he's like yeah. a Harold Dean power forward. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I'm good with I'm good with B as long as Ferber doesn't argue otherwise. I have no argument because, as Dave said, uh, I've never seen him play. So <sighs> when he when he graduated from UVA, I was five. Well, man, you should have been you should have been watching them tapes, bro. Yeah, so I can't really weigh in too much on it. We'll put together Fair a enough. junior burrow highlight package for you. All right. I mean, um, I know he I know he got drafted, um, and was two yeah. times third team All ACC. Seems like he was pretty good. All right, let's go. Let's go to. I'll just I go with your word on it. We're gonna there. There's one pick in each group that I feel like is S tier. So let's get this one out of the way. Uh, the aforementioned Chris Long. Um, I don't see any way he's not S tier. Who who wants to argue otherwise? I'm going through his career in my head. Like he, you know, he didn't start off great. You know, if you're talking about longevity with Bryce, like Chris didn't do a whole lot his first couple of years. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, what was he like? Two good years, or was it one? It was one really special year. One, one really, solid, really one good year, obviously. And then, like, I think the year before that, he was like pretty good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I mean, his like, 07 season his, was special. His 07 season, he was dominant. Like, yeah. Like ACC Defensive Player of the Year, good. I don't. I don't know that, that I can put him in S tier, man. Ooh, like, this is fun. See, I, I, mean, thought I think I've had better defensive linemen. I've I've seen better defensive linemen here. I think the, my problem with that is his I'm not just good. going on just I'm not going on just his actual UVA playing career, right? I'm I'm looking at the totality of circumstances for everybody, um, and for me, it wasn't just his time at UVA. It was the fact that he was at UVA and then what he did, and then sort of like who he was to the program, and then what he was in the NFL, and who he is today. I mean, he is in so many ways an ambassador for UVA, an unapologetic ambassador for the school. And I, I don't know. I mean, plus he's been on the podcast. Can we really not put him in S tier? I mean, he's been on the show. Like I don't think he'd put himself in S tier. Well, okay, you know? but that okay, but neither would Tony Bennett. <laughs> does, does that mean I need to elevate him to S tier because he wouldn't do it? Um I mean, Tony, if Tony Bennett just, was here right now, he'd be like, I don't know, guys. I've just had some really good players. You know, like, just because a guy doesn't put himself up there doesn't necessarily mean that he shouldn't. I think the thing, too, is that, like, Chris Long is, to me, what UVA is. Like, to me, Chris Long is to UVA sports what the lawn is to the school, right? He is an indelible aspect of it. I mean, hell, he was on the wall of the indoor for years, Right until they took him down. Until they took him down, <laughs> and we were all very upset about it. Which um, I think makes makes me a tier player now. Yeah, um, I'm just saying, um, like for me, I, and I mean, I'm gonna have to be really. I mean, I think there's some S players, but I don't. I mean, how many S players does UVA football have? Well, other than him, I would say Sean Moore, Herman Moore, Tiki Barber, Chris Slade, Terry Kirby. I probably wouldn't. Anthony uh, Poindexter. Do you guys remember Rondé Barber, a future NFL, you know, NFL Hall of Famer, is not on the S list? Um, I'm saying, how many how many Super Bowls has Chris Long won? What the team that drafted him? Or? <laughs> Why does that matter? You. No, I mean, no, I'm just saying. It, it's, yeah, I'm I just, think he's I'm a really solid A. I'm just, honestly surprised here that you're of that that you're because I mean, again, I'm not. Again, we talked about this from the start. Didn't beat Tech. It's not okay. 
Dude, there's a whole lot of dudes on that 2019 team that but, did I mean, I think you can make an argument. I'm not trying to pick. I love Chris. I think he's huge, right? Yeah, he was huge for the program. Still is. But do you think he's more important to UVA football, his teams, than Bryce Perkins was? At that Again, I, you're, you're, you're being hyper-focused in a way that I don't believe this endeavor is, right? Um, we didn't grade the Virginian simply on its menu, right? We graded the Virginian <laughs> on the impact they it had. I think Chris is also equally quick to uh, slam UVA. You know, like so, he, he's so a public figure. He does stuff for UV. I'm not not gonna put that down, but he'll call him out too. Um, so he's so big. Wait, hold on. I'm not grading him down from that. I just wanted to mention that. Like, I'm not saying, I, but he, I, I think he's still a tremendous ambassador for the school. Not, and I don't mean that in terms of like being um, evangelical. He's tech. About it, I like that. You know, um, but he's also somebody who I think has. Plus, I missed the podcast he was on, so I'm keep I'm keeping it. Y'all can do what you want. I think, I mean, all right. So like, if you look at his football, like, uh, accomplishments purely, I think he's a, um, I think some of the stuff that Brad has said is compelling. Like, I think he's probably more the face of UVA sports now than he was when he played. I would agree (laughs) with that. Yeah. Um, just because like he has a successful podcast and is like a well-known figure and, I think the back half of his career was really um, he kind of made a name for himself for being somebody who does things outside of football. Um, like, you know, he donated his entire salary that one year and the water boy stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think I'm more where Dave is and just in terms of like where he, you know, like I don't think he's like s- separates himself completely from like the, uh, a few of the other guys that we, that he that Dave just mentioned. Um, the can I just can, here? Let me toss this out there. Do you know who Chris Long is? He's who we wish Ralph Sampson was. How so? Because every basketball game he goes to, they make a big deal about him being there, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Ralph isn't an an indelible part of the program, but Chris Long is somebody who not only went about doing everything uh, the way he did it, but he did it in a, in what I would call challenging circumstances, right? I'm not saying that he didn't grow up in a world where because he was who he was, he didn't have some advantages. But I also am very cognizant of the fact that he grew up in a world where there was a lot of pressure on him. He didn't have to go to UVA, and he chose to go to UVA. He didn't have to stay at UVA, and he chose to stay at UVA. He didn't have to continue to be around the program the way he has. He raised his family and continues to live in the area, and he's done everything he's done throughout his career and after his career, and he's an incredible ambassador for the school and for the the program, I I just think he's the most UV, uh, you know next to Kyle Matus, right? He's like the most UVA person there is, <laughs> you know. And so I just feel like if if we're putting together a list of things that are like we're essentially grading tiers of like the most UVA things, right? And sort of where they rank or where they're tiered, I I understand that on the field you can make a compelling case for a handful of other former players and to say like they had better careers. Well, you know what? So did Brennan Armstrong. Where are you putting him on this list, right? Chris Long is UVA, and if he's not on the S tier, then what good is the tier, right? Just because, just because maybe he, you know, he he maybe he should have had this or that. Look at the totality of circumstances from the beginning to the end. I think it's unquestionably an S tier, and I think the fact, the fact, I'm so shocked. So we just need no, no. I I I think I get what you're saying. I just don't agree. I with think you you're at making all. a cons- you're making yeah. a compelling argument. No, his, like, I, I think you are, but at the same reason, the it, you're not. Because I don't think living in Charlottesville should promote you to the S tier. Because Tiki Barber's done national 
media since he left the NFL and everyone knows where he's from. Chris Candy is on ESPN every day. Melissa Starks on NBC all the is time. Is Chris Candy, but okay, fairness, okay. Is Katie Curry did it for years. Or, um, or, but are these people on the sidelines of games, of practices, right? Are they working out with players? Do they talk to, are they a part of the family? Like you're, you again, you're you're making one point. I think you're making another. Like yeah. you're, I'm not saying Chris should be on the S tier because he lives because you know where his zip code is. I'm saying because he lives and breathes the program in a very meaningful way. It's not showy. It's real. It's a clear part of who he is, right? And even now with a yeah, national audience, the building, <laughs> just laying groundwork for future podcasts. Not to um, mention, like, I mean, are we? You know, I, I don't want to get into the whole ins and outs of like donations and such and such and such and all that fun things. But I mean, I, I, I think that there are very few people who in their post playing careers have made the kind of contributions to both the football program itself and the university the way Chris Long has. And so I think that that if you're if you're going to ding him and say his playing career was he had, you know, phenomenal one season, I'm you know, you wish him had two. <laughs> I'm, I just don't see the S. I don't. But hey. All right, Ferber, you're the. We also can't have a two-hour podcast. You're the the outstanding vote here. What's where? Where do you come down on it? S or A? What do we have? What do we have in the S tier right now? Tony Bennett in the lawn, and I can promise you, nobody else in this football category is going to have it. And I think of the plays, only maybe one, one if not two, are going to be in the conversation for that. I think it's got to be Tony Bennett, the lawn, Chris Long. (laughs) No. I'm going to think about it. We're going to come back to it. <laughs> He's going to put a pen in it. Okay. In that case, let's talk about Michael Rocco. Michael Rocco was one. Whoa. <laughs> Holy crap. Listen, I thought, I, I, real talk, I thought we were going to do the Chris Long thing. It was going to be like two minutes and we were going to move on. Like, I didn't have any doubt. Da- I hadn't, this one definitely caught this me off guard. This guy pulled out Michael Rocco on us. Well, right I was trying to, no, I was, I, I try, what I'm trying to do is to generate conversation in multiple places, right? And so, yeah, I could have put a, a variety of different quarterbacks here, but Rocco is somebody, I think, who was a lightning rod, much like the fifth player on this group list. My gosh. And I just thought that having these two guys, uh, you know, look, we can, we can put them anywhere you guys want. I'm just saying, like, for the conversation's purposes. I pause the podcast so I can look up his stats. Good gracious. I haven't talked about Michael yeah, well, he, trans- he transferred out of the program. I mean. Yeah. that's And that's that's exactly. <laughs> but, like, I also think. Should have hired like, his uncle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Honestly, I, I say, think honestly, I think he kind of got the short end of the stick with the. That's exactly. Okay. That's exactly why he's on this list. Because I think in the. in, in, in I didn't in think the, so at the time. In the hindsight <laughs> of history. Right. I do kind of look back and go, you know what? He might have got kind of. I'm not saying that necessarily he was going to be Bryce Perkins or even Brendan Armstrong, right? But I do look back on it and I think, man, man he got kind of the, the the he got kind of shafted a little bit, you know. Um, I can't put him above a D though. I mean, like I don't really understand. And I, look I again, I'm not trying. I'm that. not trying to be mean here. This was not. This was a. This yeah. was for conversations purposes. I'm not trying to 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 be um, insensitive. The 2011 whatever. season was cool. I mean, like he did some good things, and then he was like a like a 50 50 starter in the 2012 season. And then he left like, okay. I mean, here, yeah. I'm good. I'm yeah. good with that. I, I again, yeah. we don't need to have a, two it's hour not podcast. personal. I think he seems like a nice guy. Um, well, yeah, I agree with that. What did the he reason- start like seven games or something? Yeah, he, he played the whole 2011. I was going to say, oh, yeah, he- yeah, that's right. There was so much more around him, though, you know. Like, and they were going to young David Watford a lot that year, but I think yeah, they were like started. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He did start him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think a D is a fair number for a guy. Okay. 
I was going to go with Ty Jerome as my other guy here, but then Dave made a recommendation. I think somewhat in jest that I was like, I could not. It's going 10 hours now. I could not turn away from. So instead of, instead of us having a conversation about Ty Jerome in part because of uh, where we talked a lot about Kyle and and Dre in the, um, in the previous ranking, we're going to talk about uh, Ben Vanderplas because (laughs) there is quite a lightning rod associated with this young man. I'm so glad I didn't hear these. You got next week's podcast covered. Just cut this into two parts. Good gracious. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to hear where you guys think we should have BBP because <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's I'm a only really matter. Brendan Armstrong wasn't on the list. Um, I mean, I, I'm not gonna give the guy an F. I feel like that's mean. Yeah, but it's like, not an F. There's only yeah. there's one thing on this list of not not in this not in this category that is gonna get an F. It's 100. If it doesn't get an F, oh, I, I guarantee. Going you. I know what it is. I already, already my mind. I already I already know what it is. <laughs> I already know what it is. Um, yeah, I would give him a D. I guess. I mean, just like one year of like solid contributions. I guess um, we had that one week, right? That one week where before the t-shirts got made, where you know they're playing well and everything's great. And then the t-shirts got made and everything just feels like the universe was like, oh no. And I mean, they went out to Vegas and he was just like stroking threes. I was like, this is going to be amazing pickup. Um, Also, I feel like we have to kind of ding him for the fact that he knocked UVA out of the NCAA tournament. Excellent point. Excellent point. I had not considered (laughs) until we started talking about him. (laughs) Yeah, twice. (laughs) That's so so wrong, but also funny. I had not I had not considered that when I put him on the list, but as we started talking about, it, I was like, "Oh snap, that's right," because I'm talking about totality of circumstance guy over here, right? So are we are all right? Are we in agreement? I guess I should be careful when it comes to BVP and Shedrick and the whole thing about you know joking about these things about everybody being in agreement. But you don't have any proof <laughs> of the, of the three of us. Where do we? Where I, I mean, Ferber said D, Dave. Where where would you have? Look, he's a fun guy. I enjoyed his interviews, but uh, I think D might be the right answer. Um, I was going to make a joke about him, not really. It's just hard if you're a one year player like that um, <laughs> to like really get higher than than that. I mean, and it's like, not personal. You, I think it, yeah. it's it's the way you know. I, I think it's the fact that he got hurt, wasn't available for the tournament. Um, you also w- wonder if maybe, despite what he said, you know, if if. BVP's not here. Trout plays, and maybe that maybe this season goes different. Maybe next season's different. There's a lot of variables out of Ben's control um, that make it hard for me to put him any. I think you could maybe argue he's a C because he did help Virginia win a lot of games in the middle of the season when he was playing well, but when he was playing bad, which I think was maybe a good chunk of the year, they they didn't do as well. So I think D's fair for a one year player. Um, I mean, if you look at like I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, He's if you look at the, the UVA transfer the players, it's like, where does he fit in? Like, I mean, you have to put him below, like, Braxton Key, right? I mean, Braxton oh, yeah, yeah. Key impacted a Braxton. championship team. Uh, Maybe slightly but, higher than, like, Nigel. I was going to say, is he, like, on the Nigel Johnson level? Yeah. He probably he kind, of, kind of is. I mean, ultimately, same, right, yeah. like, you can't, you can't give him credit, right, for what he didn't do, just like you can't kind of ding him for what he couldn't do right he, he wasn't available to do certain things but we can't give him credit for it because he also didn't do those things so that uncertainty and you're also comparing me, him to other uva basketball players right right I mean, exactly yeah you can't wash so. that off I, I i think that in the end the minutes that he played pushed him in a position where either i mean look there's a scenario where he continues to be sort of a, a rotation guy 
Shedrick gets those minutes and we don't have to, we can't, we don't have enough to really have a conversation about. I think he played enough and certainly was a big enough part of the puzzle. And, you know, you can look at it and say like, yes, there was definitely a stretch of the season where his, his, um, his flexibility in terms of what UVA could do with a guy like him, the gravity that, that, that he brought to it helped them in a, in a significant way. But you also could say that his lack of athleticism at times really did hurt things. And that tended to be more often the case. And so it's hard when you're, when you're, sample sizes this much I'm like look if he comes back and i don't know moves to charlottesville or something <laughs> and becomes yeah, a brad will move him to the program yeah, he know, becomes whatever. like that he becomes like the most followed person on blue sky or whatever and like he's <laughs> the killing most it. followed person on blue sky the mastodon um, but I like think, also i think like there's nothing he could have really done from a basketball standpoint to go above like a c just based on like what we saw i mean like unless what he wasn't hurt and then like hits a buzzer beater from like 50 feet to win the ACC tournament. And then maybe I, I he's do like, think we still would be like, he's a if, the, if the team gets to sweet 16, yeah. we probably yeah, I was don't gonna say, there's a scenario where if he doesn't get hurt and he, and he's consistent toward this end of the season and then he's consistent in the postseason, Um, you know, I think there's a scenario where that could have happened where, where he could have rewritten a lot of the wrongs or the wrongs. I could have rewritten a lot of the, the narrative, so to speak. Uh, kind of attack basketball has come so far i mean this dude is on a team at regular season champs and what <laughs> acc tournament final oh, yeah i feel like if he was on like, a Pete the Gillen team we'd be like this guy's carrying us yeah. <laughs> you know um, yeah. all right so but, i guess we uh, we all agree that that he goes on the d tier as well where did right, rocco for, go we Wait, rocco was rocco on a d yeah yeah i mean i think yeah okay i think it's fair then all right i rocco will say did that through that interception to the defensive lineman Oh against Penn State, Penn State. Yeah. it was one it's of the worst. The but then he did throw. Throws. Then he threw a couple hero balls to Jake McGee, and all all was right in the world. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, I will say that we do have the right. I, I will say that we should have the right to review at the end and, and say what we would have done. That's I'm right. waiting on Chris Long. Is that what you're waiting for? Okay. Yeah, I'll right, do it at the end. Let's move to the plays. All right, let's start with um, the hook and ladder against Georgia Tech in 2001, <laughs> which I believe um, this is a great list. Right. I mean, I, I look, I had a lot of fun putting this thing together uh, on the radio call. It was absolutely spectacular as I as I relive the highlights. Um, it's a B. Uh, God, Dave, can I at least get done <laughs> introing the thing before you toss out your grade? My God, uh, Dave, guy go who hits it. the horn at the light. Uh, <laughs> um, I Look, I, I think that one of the things about that moment was that it was unexpected and it worked. Right. If you I, now, I'm not trying to pick nits here, but if you go back and watch it. It was precarious. <laughs> like the the reason I mentioned the absolutely spectacular, not part the is like, best ladder. It was um, not the best. Or hook it was or whatever. Really, it was not. It was like um. I mean, like threw it, it on was, the ground. It was a. It was a little. It was a little clunky. It wasn't. It wasn't very smooth. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. It was fun. Um. And and certainly you know, celebrate your your tail off. But yeah, that was um. Yeah, that. And I mean, look, the place was jumping that night. I, I know that. I mean, that place was bonkers. Um, Dave, why solid B? I mean, it's it's a great play. I mean, it was, you know, of kind of a blah season overall. Just a really f a fun moment and a, a crazy game. But also, like, ne not, not a whole lot of great video angles of that play, you know? Yeah, it wasn't televised. Yeah, I mean, it's got... there. So it, should, it would be great to have that play in HD and, like... You know, slip it into a highlight package every now and then would be cool, but 
Yeah, I mean, Virginia's had, there's been bigger plays in UVA history, uh, that's for sure. So I think a B is probably fair just because it w- did win a game. Um, but I'd say it's probably closer to the C tier than the yeah. A tier. I think it's a C. Okay. Yeah, I can. It, I, I'll accept. It, I mean, it it, it won a it won like a random game in a not important. And season, that's really that's like, one of the reasons why it's on the list, right? Is because it's a memorable moment from a game that otherwise. It's like a cool thing that happened, but it's like remember when Todd Billet hit like three buzzer beaters in a row or whatever that <laughs> yeah. one year? Like that's where it is for me. It's like that that's was fair. a random thing that happened. That's fair. Um, all right, let's get to the Reese. Can you name uh, all three players involved? Yeah, it was um, Bryce Spinner. Uh, wait, yeah, Bryson Spinner, um, um, Billy McMullen, and Alvin Pierman. Alvin, yeah. Alvin Pierman caught yeah. the caught yeah. the second pass. Is that he, right? Yeah, he caught the, the yeah he caught the lateral. He caught the lateral. And was it the final play of the game, or was it with like ten there was, seconds left? There, were, it, I believe it was essentially the final play of the game. Okay. I think there might have been like 20 seconds. If it's a walk off, that makes it a little better. But I feel like there was like some time left. Yeah, it was like 20 seconds left. But okay, yeah, that's that's whatever. Like, (laughs) Um, all right, let's get to the Reese Beekman, Kyle Filipowski, non foul foul. They're taking it off the board this past year um, against Duke. Oh my God! Can it? I mean, like, think about all the content that that one moment in. Just, I mean, think about all of the reactions and the tweets. And the, I don't even know I mean, how to judge this, it, it, right? I mean, this is this is our recency bias um, lurking. Well, it's in the a great choice for this list. It's just I don't know how I'm supposed to judge it. Is am I like evaluating like Reese's effort or like just the, I, I gotta, how okay. the whole thing unfolds? Can I can I be real? When I started when I when I came up with why this is on the list, my whole thought process here was like, you know what? It was kind of fun for Duke to have to live like we all do. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's fun. Like yeah. you know, like. They for once, you know, in the in the final analysis of the whole thing, like did the ACC screw? Did the refs? Yeah, sure they did. You know what? And it made it funnier to me, especially because then they played an extra, you know, five minutes and UVA, you know, walked the dog. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that this ended up being what it was, and UVA still won the game decisively in the overtime. I mean, look, that to me, it just makes this poetic. So that's why for me it's on this list is because like it was an opportunity for for UVA fans to finally get the chance to sort of like see how how the other other half lives you know what I mean um, not to mention the fact that you know you could point to that being like the last like high water moment of the season because everything after that kind of came apart right like think about what happened to UVA mm-hmm. in the in the aftermath of that that play they went on a well, they went into a rut. Yeah, uh, they lost like three games or whatever. Now, I mean, granted, I would say after that, they, if, if they hit a watermark higher, it was probably just getting to the ACC championship game. Like, correct. Yeah, yeah. They had yeah two good games after being Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, look, after they beat Duke in, in overtime that night, they go to Louisville and they win by three in what was an ugly game, and then they squeak by Notre Dame on its way out with um, Dane Goodwin. Um, Right, he still had a look, you know. Then they get housed at at Boston College. They get beaten at Carolina. They come back home to finish out the season with a with a classic UVA Clemson rock fight. um, Before they finally they played pretty well in that game, though. No, they did, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to knock them. But I mean, Clemson was ultimately you know unimpressive, Um, and yeah, they they looked they looked solid in, in the ACC tournament and all. But like ultimately, like everything that we thought might happen when they're 19 and four. Um, 11 and three, um, you know, it just, it didn't necessarily materialize, I guess. Um, 
from that I'll point put forward. Th- I have to put this at like a D. Well, I guess I, I, I for me it's a C, and the reason it's a C is because like it is one of those plays that will be in like if the hook and ladder is a C, it's got to be at least on that level, right? Because we'll think about that block and all the craziness that it ensued for a long time, and it's much bigger than the actual result itself to me, at least. But I'm okay if if Dave says D, I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna push back on it. Yeah, uh, for me it's. Honestly, I probably think about the hook and lateral more than I think about that play. Yeah, you're not going to ever see this play on like a highlight reel because that's it was fa- like that's a, a really good like, thing. That's a really like good it's point. kind of almost yeah. like you don't want to be involved. You just want to win. You don't really want to like, you know, do it that way or whatever. But it doesn't matter now. But then Duke obviously got their revenge later. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, and Kyle Filipowski dominated the ACC championship game. Yeah, he did. He got his. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, he did. All right, but no, I, mean, I think also, I, I think I, it's closer to a D. I right, think it's just talking I think about it's, a UVA I mean, the, the, tier I the, list. I think the thing that that it sticks out for more than UVA is the refs. Like Correct. it's like a, the refs. It's real bad look for them. Was the, the takeaway from it? Yeah. Um. All right. I believe that this tier has one clear cut S and one other potential S. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about them both next. Um. The clear cut S to me is Kihei Clark's pass to Mamadi Akite against Purdue. Yeah. Um, conversation over. I, I don't think that there's anything here. It's legitimately the biggest play in school history, probably an NCAA, one of the best plays in NCAA history. Um, what I find really interesting, though, is that, you know, by the some of the metrics we've been using as we've talked about a lot of this stuff, it, it didn't win the game, right? Like, it, all it did was force, quote-unquote, all it did, um, was force overtime. And yet, I don't think any of us would argue anywhere remotely that it's not an S-tier. I would prefer we listed it as the play itself because I think Mamadi's tip back, Kihei's hustle. Kihei's yeah, I think the whole play. The pass oh, yeah, yeah. For the record, yeah, when I said, sorry, I said, but what I have in the in the notes is literally the play. Um, yeah, okay. as long as it's a play, it's 100% an S. Also, yeah. like, Mamadi gets no credit for making the shot. He yeah. really, and it's a hell of a shot. It's really tough. Mamadi, if you're like two year who would miss layups randomly because he wasn't paying attention, all of a sudden it's like I think that's just what happens. That's what happens when you wear a UVA and just jersey. being able to do it in the perfect amount of time. Like he had like no time to get that. The shot Harms kid it. was like very tall, y'all. I mean, he was very tall, and yeah, to get to get that thing off when he did in the. I mean, I'm I almost wonder like, and this is almost a podcast topic of in and of itself. But like, could you imagine any other UVA player? who could have caught that ball where he caught it and had the sort of, I don't know, fluidity to catch release in the time that he had over harms. Like, oh man, Ralph. that list is very, I mean, and even <laughs> then, even then it would, you know, cause even then I think the ball would need to be higher for him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause I mean, ultimately like where the ball was, was literally the only place that Kihei could have put it, right? I don't think we could have said, like, oh, Kihei just need to throw it a little higher. No, no, he chucked it. And as we've all learned, which is not the play that's on this list, sometimes that doesn't end well. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the whole thing is S-tier. All right. Yeah, you and, Kyle, you and Kyle discussed it brilliantly last week, I thought, for the record. And one thing you didn't mention, which I think has always stood out to me, is why was Mamadi there? Like, you think his instinct would be to <laughs> run the other way, too. Yeah. Just uh, posted up. In Whether the he was just range. frozen, it was the fact that he had. I think to he run was kind of calling for it, line. right? Well, I think he tips the you ball out, and that. then he lands and he turns, and it just happened fast. So he's yeah. just like, look, and he's just there, 
you know? I think he's looking up at the clock, to be honest. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, Kihei got it. And he just... Because he didn't sprint. If he just sprinted, if he was behind the three-point line, you know, whatever. It's over. Game's yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. And we're all having very Kill. different conversations these last few years, that's for sure. Okay. Or Kihei just strokes a 55-footer and the game is over. <laughs> all right. Like Brian Anderson thought it was. <laughs> he made the call. <laughs> for the win. Okay. All right. The other play that is potentially up for S tier is the Alonzo Sack handback uh, TD recovery against Ooh. Virginia Tech in 2019 to wrap it up. Is this not the play that you guys thought I was describing? I've been trying to have a balance between football and basketball here. So this is not the F play I thought you were describing. No, yeah, no. yeah, we're, I thought you. We're, yeah, we're gonna we'll finish out the category with the F play in a moment. Don't you worry. Um, but I, I, I think this is in the conversation. That's close for to an S. It, it, if I, I, no, I, for no other reason than it, like the energy in the place already sort of sensed it, and then the thing that happened, which is like, I mean, look, there are very few plays in football. That 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 feel as good as a safety, or like a quarterback sack in general, but a safety especially. And then that team, he fumbles. It's a touchdown, and then handback comes up with the ball in the air, and the place just goes berserk. To me, it's not necessarily one aspect of it. It's like all of these things combined is what makes it in S tier territory. Yeah, well, I won't buy your Chris Long S argument. I will buy this one just because <laughs> I think you, if you want to, if I want to argue with myself, I think the play itself is easy in A. Um, but if they had only sacked him, it's a safety, right? And that, right. they're in a bad spot anyway. Um, if he'd have, they'd have just got pressure and he threw an incompletion, I believe it'd be fourth and goal, you know, fourth down and 50 right, from. So you had to ride another. Another yeah. potential, you know, pass but the, interference. But the fact they ball. sacked him, stripped him, we got to celebrate. Um, yeah, I think just the absolute. I mean, Tech might have like, punted if it was if it was fourth down. Like they may have because they, they might have had. They almost scored anyway after that. Um, yeah, God, it's close to an S. I just don't want to make an S because if a Hokie sees the list on Twitter or something. Oh my God, we're not po- um, okay. We're not posting them. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm making. A, I'm not making a graphic. Don't worry. They're gonna have to listen to this thing yeah. for fifty. What? We're no. We're an yeah. hour ten plus into this. I mean, thing. I like so to think in to my my many many years on Earth, there's gonna be several plays that fall in the S category. So I'll, I'll say it's an S. I'll, I say it's an just S for now. sheer joy from one moment, it, and we can always revisit later. Um, yeah, and come back to it. But I think it's an S for now. I think it's an S from like a. I think it's an S from like the, the reaction to just like in the stadium. That was the loudest I've ever heard it. Um, I think like as far as I can remember, um, in the stadium and just like the reaction on the sideline and and it was like clear that it was clicking into place where it's like even the Kihei Mamadi play didn't have, which is like a clarity where it's like oh they they won, like they they're gonna be tech. This is over, right? You know, the Purdue thing continued from there. Um, And it was just, I think, you know, you guys kind of talked about it last week, but um, some sports moments, like you kind of just get calm and like, oh, I can't believe that happened. That play was more like a a release of like all of the issues, right? And it was like euphoria for people. Um, I think it was just, the only problem I have is just the stakes versus the Kihei play. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I would have it at I, I'm I'm okay with S, um, but I would certainly not have it below A. Yeah, no, I I think the thing that kicks it up to to S for me, honestly, is that is not just that it ended the streak, but the but like 
that whole game, there was that back and forth feeling, right? What a and, great game that was. Seriously. And how many times over the streak had we, I mean, clearly there were times that Tech just beat the brakes off of us, right? But there were also those games where you thought this could be it. And then it just, you know, Lucy like pulled that football before. away. Yeah. Pre- <laughs> preach. So like, but then this play happens and you're able to celebrate and there's still time on the clock, but there's just no doubt now. Like the thing is like, this is, yeah, this is happening. Game, it's over. And that, yeah. to have the opportunity to like be in a, in a game against Virginia Tech and have a moment where you're like, this is, this is really happening. Like that to me, that relief and that release of that feeling, I, I think that's what kicks it from A to S for me. Um, that play in general in any other sort of year, and let's say the streak is, you know, that is not part of the equation, it would be, it would still be great. But that to me is what kicks it up that extra notch, that, that, that euphoria. Like you had to build that thing up for a more, decade and a half. You know what I'm saying? To really yeah, I mean, I haven't it. seen a better UVA football moment. Like I haven't. Um, that game, 2000, like four the 2003 A's tech game was cool. Like, I mean, but that it didn't feel so insurmountable then. Like, you know, you didn't yeah. have all those, the years of the losing streak. Yep. And obviously the 1998 sequence was great. Yeah, um, for sure. All right. Let's, let's, let's have some fun. I'm going to guess that you guys know <laughs> what this is. It's an F. It, it's an F. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh God. Speaking of Virginia Tech, the play heard around the world. Unfortunately, um, there's like a few plays you could have done here, and I would have that's been like, true. Oh, I wasn't expecting that one, but yeah, okay. <laughs> no, old old Doctor Bob really dialed one up. Um, I, I I still think it's it, the most inexplicable moment I've ever seen in, uh, on a football field. I just cannot fathom that. I mean, he yeah. actually thought we should throw a pass to an offensive lineman in that specific spot in that specific time in the in the game. Uh, against that specific opponent, I just cannot fathom. I mean, it took a lot. It took a lot of gusto. I'll say that. I'll give him that. Because like oh, most offensive coordinators, <laughs> most offensive coordinators would have been like, "There's no way I can go out on this. Like, if it right. fails, I'm going to look like an idiot." But he was like, "Nah, we're going to be legends." Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Leroy <laughs> Jenkins. All right, all right. So that to to recap, there that is the completion of the initial list. I have five bonus things. Um, God. That's- that's such an F. <laughs> it's, it's I'm just mad. F. Every time that play comes up, I'm mad. It, it, that's like, how you know it's a good F, right? That it's was like the every, exact just, inverse of the Eli Hand. It really was. Play. It was. It was the. It was the worst. It is arguably the worst UVA football play I've seen in my entire life. Like because you've seen bad luck, like the Nikki Fisher off the face mask against Georgia Tech. You've seen David Watford luck, on the you. first play of the game for the or plays is going against you like like the Perkins Ellis fumbled exchange oh, that yeah. lost yeah, the yeah, game yeah. against. I mean, but that's just like yeah, that's football that happens. That's, right? that's yeah. this was this was, this was just colossal. All right, the only other one that's even close not to bring it up would be the Abilene Christian um, double pass. <laughs> that was just humorous. That was funny like, because you, of the situation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got that should have been a warning sign that the a maybe might need to make that play sheet a little bit easier to read. Maybe I'm I'm not convinced that that's not what happened at the end of the game. <laughs> All right, so we're an hour and twenty in. Do you guys want to do the five bonus ones real quick? We we rapid disagree. Fire. We could we could just rapid, rapid fire, fire them. Just name right. a grade and and we're gonna and I'm just gonna go with these things. If if they if they put a bunch of whatever on the board, we're fine with it. Okay. Um, we got in trouble that time for not including the good old song. So the good old song, S tier, A tier. I think it's I think it's an A. I think it's it's I think a, it's an A. 
It's, it's a, an it's, S when the Hokies cool. are in town at A every other time. It's cool. It's cool. I mean, if, as far as UVA things, I think it's pretty high up. As All far right. as like college football traditions, I think it's good, All but right. not like elite. All right. The Adventures of Cavman. C. Yeah, C gonna, or D. I was going to go D, but that's probably mean. Uh, it, was, it got it, worse. It got in the I mean, beginning. It was cool it was when they cool. created it, but then yeah. it just became clearly. Like, if it brought a hundred people into the stands who aren't coming now, it at least observes a C. Okay. Yeah. Um, Thunderstruck. I like it. I do too. <laughs> I do too. I'm I don't fine know with it. I think it's kind of too derivative. It's kind of generic. Else. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a B or, but nobody thinks of that as like a UVA thing though. Like, yeah, that's fair. Know. But we it's do. It's a C. It's a so maybe it's C. a C. Yeah, maybe it's a C. All right, I'm good with C. All right, that's another Cavalier first down. Oh, iconic. B. Yeah, it was cool only because I can't hear it every time anymore. Doing. Well, that first guy that did it, you know, he was killing it. He was really. Yeah, he I was also, really into it. it also felt like a lot of teams do that, but I feel like UVA did it. Right. Right. It annoys me early. It annoys really oppos- opposing that. fans. I'm yeah. really glad you said that, dude, because like I'm. I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I unequivocally know that I never heard that before, but I'm almost positive that it felt UVA like UVA kind of started it. I yeah. heard it the most and heard it most consistently. And then other, I mean, I went to opposing stadiums, right? So, like, that was, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, that was not necessarily always a thing. And then it became a thing everywhere. All right. And the last one of my bonus group is swag surfing. Because, and the reason I put on the list is because, like, in the in the games when they were winning, man, that was fun. And in the games mm-hmm. they were losing, it was the dumbest thing. Where they, they would start doing it, we're all like, "What are they doing? Why are they doing this right now? Like, it's, this is not the time." Where, I'm where gonna, I'm gonna say it's a B just because when I yeah. remember it, it was good times. Yeah, B, B is cool because I think there were some really good moments with it, but it was fun. Yeah, it was ultimately fun. it was fleeting. It was fleet. Good word. It was. I don't fleeting. think it's something you could force to be a every fourth quarter thing. I think it yeah, it felt like they kind of tried to shoehorn it in after it organically happened once or something yeah. like that. Um, the I Miami I one, right. I have a video of it when they beat Miami that one year, 2018, I guess it was. Oh, that was probably the best one. That was it? the one where it kind of took off. Yeah, yeah. I I almost I almost put um, um, we Cavaliers on here just to, nope. to listen to F. just to li- <laughs> just to listen to Dave's head explode. the basketball right. jerseys oh my <laughs> gosh don't don't get me started okay that's F, our that's blue. our bonus round <laughs> we have to go back Ferber. your 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 now is never or or your now or your never is now i need um, all the things in the s tier that's all i need all right s tier right now is tony bennett the lawn and the play against purdue Oh, sorry, and the Alonzo sack handback TD recovery. It's been a difficult decision. Um, with that said, U V. I think he's. An, I, I think. I think I'm gonna go with Dave and put him in the A. Too. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I kind of. It's close though. It is close. Like I mean, he. You know, if this was going to be a graphic, I'd probably put him in the S tier. You know, because you know we don't want to make. And any enemies where we don't <laughs> this need This was going to be a graphic. I love yeah. it. If you tell All me right. he's come back on the podcast, I'm going to deny this was me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So in the S tier. Dave said that you said that you aren't in the S tier. Do you agree? <laughs> Dave said that you would agree. All right. In the S tier, Tony Bennett, the lawn, um, the play against Purdue, and the Alonzo Sack handback TD recovery. 
against Virginia Tech. In the A I almost feel bad about that one being there, by the way. But go ahead. Sorry. What do you feel bad? It just doesn't seem like it measures up. It to feels the like the first three should be on their own, kind of. Yeah. You know? Hey, listen, it's okay if it just barely made it in. But you I will know, tell you, if we redo it next year, it might drop down. Like every year, I think it's going to drop a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fair. All right, in the A tier, we got George Welsh, we got Terry Holland, we got John Paul Jones Arena, we got Chris Long, we got Bryce Perkins, and of the bonuses, we had the good old song. In the B tier, we had none of the coaches. We had Bodos. We got the Virginian. We got Junior Burrow. Uh, and of the um, bonuses, we've got another Cavalier first down and swag surfing. C tier, we got Al Groh, Pete Gillen, Scott Stadium, um, the, the hook and ladder against Georgia Tech in twenty in two thousand one, um, and the Adventures of Cavman as well as Thunderstruck. Uh, on the D tier, we had BVP and Michael Rocco. <laughs> this seems so mean. As well as the Reese Beekman, Filipowski, non-foul, foul, whatever that was against Duke. And then bringing up the rear, as it so often will forever, um, the offensive lineman. The pass to the offensive lineman against Virginia Tech is our only um, um, member of the F club. <sighs> See, I, 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 this was fun. I did not think the Chris Long thing was going to be the thing we discussed the most. But yeah, that was that was good. We had we had a lot of fun with that. We could we could come up with other stuff easily, um, and maybe not have such a long podcast. The fact that we put together an, basically an hour and twenty five minute show um, in the off season is is impressive. We just but, need to crowdsource a list uh, tier next time. All right, if you guys want to submit your stuff, you send it to Dave. Okay. Yep. Because I'm I'm much happier. And that's a Cavs underscore corner on. <laughs> Threads. <laughs> Cavs underscore underscore. I think it's underscore underscore because it wouldn't let me have Cavs underscore corner because that's what the Facebook thing was. It was a whole debacle. All right. Let's get the people out of here because um, they've already put up with our dribble. Hey, well, look, you guys did an excellent job in your first show back from vacation, and now you get to have another week off. Isn't that fun? Professionals. Yeah. Professionals who have... Who have weeks in summer when they don't have to work? I was getting reps. I was getting reps while I was on vacation. <laughs> nice, um, mental reps. I've got something special for you planned for for next week. Um, so definitely stay tuned to that. If you're somebody out there, find the podcast through the website. Thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. They shut down Stitcher, so I I got to take Stitcher out of the thing. Uh, if you're so inclined to give us a rating review, we'd appreciate it. Uh, if you're someone who has not looked at the website yet, check us out at CavsCorner.com. Um, I, I really enjoyed um, not just the the stuff of Christian Bliss, but also uh, Houston put together a nice um, sort of breakdown of like what it all means and stuff. So give that a look. I want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show, and of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber for doing graciously of their time as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. Yes.